Welcome back to another episode of This Korean Life, number 109, featuring Dr. Danny Kessler, professor at Dongso University, teaching the international students in his own uh, in his own lab, and he is teaching workplace wellness. All the way in from Busan, thank you so much for coming. Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, it's nice to, nice to see you again, man. Um, I was happy to see you actually last week. You came down to, came down to visit us in the festival, all the way in Donggu. That's just the opposite yeah, side of, yeah. of where you probably came into what uh, what did you think did you meet some interesting people down there I ate a lot of cookies thanks sure. to you <laughs> <laughs> Dude, cookies, not very, not very wellness like of I, me, but uh, I had uh, there some good cookies. I had a meltdown there at about one o'clock. I was like, I need something in my stomach, man. And I just, oh man, I just yeah, <laughs> I scoffed about thirty cookies. They're great, but yeah, yeah. I a, like the like I, I love the international environment. All the students from all the students and workers from all over the world and all the different food. I was just eating and eating and trying to see some old friends that I haven't seen in a while. Sure, in Ulsan, so that was yeah. nice. It's amazing. I mean. Uh, on the organizing side of it you see the names of the of the different tents in the countries that are participating but for me it's not until you get there and you look and you're like oh my god palestine and, and philippines and this and this and this and you're like wow that is quite international man you know that's yeah in the early days here it was just um, the seven country the the teachers from the seven countries that mainly that we've seen right that's the true seven, yeah uh, it's really transferred over to Dongu there was a lot of variety over there yeah at the yeah. shipyard just it was like segregated teachers on this side and engineers on that side and they never mm-hmm. had to leave mm-hmm. and it was always it was single engineers right young single guys with huge wallets and it was a different beast over there but I played hockey with guys from seven or eight different countries. Yeah, Europe, Canada, Mexico. I mean, they're from all over in Europe. They're Canada, Mexico, Canada, America, and, and Europe. But man, they always existed over there. We just never integrated. And then as as the shipyard changed, and they started bringing families to go to Busan, Busan Foreign School became an option, or yeah, Busan International right, School. Right. Then they moved to the center of the city because going an extra thirty minutes to Dongo was a pain in the ass. Um, but that kind of opened everybody up to meeting a lot more engineers and, and families but uh but now i mean it was quite segregated in the early days yeah but i mean a lot of our volunteers and people who ran the culture tents were foreign students right oh there's there's a good mix of engineers and wives and stuff too but there was a lot of foreign students in there yeah and that's yeah. uh <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why there are one of the topics that we're going to hit today is the um international students international students well, and, mm. well even even just on what he just mentioned there, what is it like in Busan? Here, I would, if I had to guess, I would venture that maybe 70, 80% of teachers here are now South African. Is it similar in Busan? I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really notice that because I'm, I'm teaching in the, you know, I'm teaching business and I'm teaching uh, an international college. So most of my students are, are foreigners, uh, are international students. And, uh, I don't, I mean, I see like some of the, uh, the English teachers at the bar, there's definitely some South Africans, but I don't, I don't really, uh, I don't really know them very well. Um, they're, maybe they're newer. So maybe it's the same thing. I just, because we see them when they sign up to volunteer and there's no teacher volunteers, like there's 
it, it's international students, uh, foreign workers, uh, laborers, or like families of, of engineers. Right. Where right. before it used to be like when Dan was doing stuff. Right. Every, it was all, these... all teacher-focused, right? Like it was all, it was tons of teachers. Like it, was, it was T-Hope. <laughs> it was called T-Hope. Yeah. Um, T-Hope. But, but yeah, now, and, and I don't know if it's a South African thing or whatever, but there's no, virtually no volunteers that are from teaching. Yeah. That's which, which is a huge shift in, for us, I mean, trying to recruit. So now it's, like, you know, recruit all my students. Right. Because right. before you could depend on Ulsan Online, you know, and you'd get 10, 20, 30 teachers. Yeah. Now it's, you got to put it through the student groups because there's no teachers signing up to do anything. Where are your, where do your students mostly come from? Or you got a good Most mix? of them, uh, Vietnam, Uzbekistan, Malaysia, and then a few other countries. I have a student from Brazil, a student from Colombia. Cool. But those are the three main countries um, cool. that, that I have students. It's funny when you get that weird or odd one, right? Where are you from? France. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? Yeah. It's kind of nice, though. Brazil. It's like, oh, I like to have, it's, it's like, it's nice to have that because then you have these different, like, perspectives, perspectives different yeah. personalities in the class because they kind of have their own like cultural personalities it seems sure, like sure sure yeah we have some really interesting ones now but, um all, all but the standard still the staples uzbekistan vietnam china yeah yeah i love chatting with them <clears throat> they're just endless and endless like knowledge from yeah i mean the kids are younger too but just inquiring about their countries and getting their their ideas and, and thoughts and, yeah. and just little quirky stuff about their country is pretty and they're so smart like i i'm not all of them but there's a few like i i had a um i took a through my with a workplace wellness research lab we got a tour of the hyatt um hotel the park hyatt in in marine city and then uh, we got to tour the wellness facility and then I, I took them out for dinner and then we walked to Hyundai and I was like playing the, uh, you know, playing some game in the cafe, Gen Z with the, with a bunch of these, like, it was like seven or eight of them in the cafe. And I don't know the name of the game. It was like some, some game where you get like a, uh, a word and you, uh, in your phone and you have your Tinder. Like, the word was like, no, no, no. It was like, spin your Tinder. <laughs> it was like, okay, the word, it was like KFC. So I read the word KFC and then I cannot say KFC, but I have to say some clues. And then you read your word and you say clues. And one person has a different word than, like the other, most people have the word KFC, let's say, but uh, one person has it, and you have to figure out who the spy is. This is a uh, very high okay. level game where you have to have a ridiculous vocabulary huh. in English. Yeah. And I'm playing with these with these students, and they're my they're they're good students. They're above average. They're the ones that get to go with me to the to the Hyatt. And I realized that at that moment, it was like these kids are so smart yeah <laughs> their english vocabulary is better than my brothers yeah. <laughs> like they're able to like like not just like Throw just general <laughs> academic vocabulary but like they were they were so smart yeah. and and they were like able to to even like subtle words and connotations that that a Different lot of americans i don't think they could do that and these are kids are from like malaysia and vietnam and and colombia and i was just like wow this yeah. generation is different sure this generation, well, that, I mean, the, really but that's different. not all of them. No, but and, and then I wonder because, like, maybe they are also a lot very smart, but they don't have the English skills. Like, these are the ones with the English skills that can do it. But probably, like, a lot of them that study internationally. And I think it's just, 
like when they're when they're young, the exposure to information. Like we grew up. Yeah, I was just gonna say that they have the internet. They can any query they have, they just can look it up. Or if they're interested in something, they can just go down yeah. a rabbit hole on on anything. And I realized that I, I was visiting my brother in California. I was training with his wrestling team, and then I was uh, talking to them after about like you know diet. And mm. I'm like, oh yeah, you guys, you know, trying to show off my knowledge about like, oh you have to eat this. And they're like looking at me like, yeah, oh we know. We know. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah. We know. I'm like, wow. Like these kids know everything. They Back have in my all day, yeah, you don't need yeah. a personal trainer. You don't need a dietitian. It's all available. I mean, it can't be customized personally yet via AI. But if you put in a few metrics, I mean, it'll it'll get you on the right yeah. path, probably. Yeah, it's amazing to me. Where like I remember discovering this. It took me like five years or ten years to figure <laughs> out like the yeah. right diet, and these kids already have it. And they're like, yeah, we know, we know. Yeah, it's wild. Eh? I think the original purpose of uh of the four-year undergrad was to expose you to just like a you know a, a wide range of uh, of topics and stuff like that but now that's what i'm saying man we don't need i think the four-year undergrad is it's, it's not necessary anymore no, it's just unless same. you're going in for unless you're going in for something specific but with this has come up a hundred times it's not yeah. just that it's the maturing process lots of people don't know what they want to do at 18 you got to hmm. have a few People are law. I, mean, I don't know now. I mean, at, when when we went to uni, it was you know it was a maturing process. It was learn to critical think, problem solve, live on your own, pay your bills. It was that that I think that's the most valuable part. While also maintaining you know that you have to pass your grades or you're just wasting money or um, it was learning how to live, which yeah. I think a lot of people here lack. I mean, living in the dormitory. I mean, they they grow up so much just moving to the dormitory, but that's not American dormitories. I mean, this no, is still no. the Pee Wee Herman or the Mickey Mouse style dormitories. But yeah, um, they 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 are growing up and and becoming a little bit more independent, which is necessary. But I still find like they still don't know what they want to do. Yeah, the it's... the guys in the engineering departments. Okay, they're 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 dead on, but these humanities majors and stuff and, and they have no but that, that, that's what i'm saying they should if they eliminated that and you knew in middle school like oh shit i gotta i gotta jump into something in the next few years i better make a decision shit or get off the pot man which you so what do you do you graduate just, you graduate high school what you go to what? a you go to to get training in something and if you don't like that then you you retrain or you i mean training these days you know, in an ideal situation, like you could jump into a job, whatever, say you want to be an electrician, then you're like, ah, oh, you know what? I don't like this shit. You, well, no, no, whatever. And you, a I terrible mean, you example could... for here, internationally fighting. <laughs> no, for no. Korea, I mean, no one's going to be an electrician. That's the thing here. Nobody, this whole thing, you have one kid, they're not going to be an electrician. They're not going to do the dirty jobs. No. There's only a set standard of acceptable jobs within their family and their culture that is okay. You have this prince or this princess, and they're not going to do all this shit. Mm. And, and this is why you have you have three construction guys retiring that are 60, 65, 68. They have knowledge of doing this thing for 40 years. Mm. You need like 10 foreign workers to replace these guys. 10. Because That's what I'm saying. they you come with jump, zero knowledge. You should right, jump right into right. a job, and if you don't like it, now we have uh, asynchronous learning, man. You can do, you know, if, if you don't like your job. But, but you the, can go up up your skills or whatever. But I think those jobs require like apprenticeship where they need the, – the guy that's retiring kind of has to like 
get to know and, and mentor yeah. and, and teach the it, younger yeah. guys. It's not, it's not a tacit learning. Like, it's not like you can learn that on YouTube. You have to kind of be there and, and mm. do it. So it's a little bit different. But I think this is more in, in Korea, at least it's seen as a waste of time. We're at home, you know, you're not looking at a career of doing the same job for 40 years now. People understand they're going to do yeah. eight different things. In Korea, it's still, my dad's worked for Hyundai for 40 years, and I'm going to work for something for, for 30 or 40 years. Yeah. And that if you're doing that and you fail at that, that fail shows that you're, you know, you wasted the time and you're a failure. We're at home, it's just the next stepping stone. You're just, you're changing, changing industries, changing fields, whatever. I yeah. think here it's... Pick your thing, get to know what your thing is. And if that means getting a basic level of knowledge in university, then specializing in something else after, that's kind of the the safety route, maybe. But does, is that just going to keep extending? Originally, the. Well, the, everybody the has university. a master's degree here. Like, well, yeah. it's not stopping. But you, see, that's what I mean. We, we had to dial it back. Academic inflation. Yeah. Everybody's got a master's degree and, and they still don't know what they want to do. You're going to need a doctor so, to pork. But at least once they graduate, I mean, the guy's two years army, four years uni, you're six years older than coming out of high school. Mm. I mean, one, you better know what the hell you want to do. <laughs> and two, if you don't, you got another big problem. So. Yeah. It's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. The other problem with Gen Z is I think because of COVID, they're they're like, they don't really want to do anything. They're kind of just like stuck on their computers. I talk to some of my students and I try to like get it out of them. What do you want to do? And they're, I just want to work from home. I just, you know, they don't, mm. they don't want to take like, I remember, I'm sure you guys are like me. Obviously, we're here in Korea. We're explorers. We're, we're adventurers and just like, oh, I, I like that tag. Eh? I never yeah, thought about it like really that. Like, it's like, <laughs> like, get out and try something, do something. Sure. And experience something because the more experiences that you get, the more you can, um, Figure it out. You know, you need yeah. to. It's not finding the thing you like. It's finding things you don't like, which whittles down and eventually you'll be left with what you do like. Right. Yeah. Or just, just doing like dating, something you don't dating, know. Whatever you don't else. know until you try it. Sure. So I'm all, I'm all about encouraging students to try different things, getting them out of the community, introducing them to mm. different things that they wouldn't normally put themselves in, into. That festival you came to. Exactly. All my students. Professor, this was the best thing I've done in four years in Korea. And I was like, but I've been bugging you to get out and do stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and you never left your community of, you know, whatever, four Nepalese girls or, or six know, Uzbek guys or whatever it is. You've never left that. And I've tried to encourage you. I've given you so many different things. Now, the other day there was a, a thing at the, the college there. They had a something and there was some Nepalese guys playing guitars and singing. And they were awesome. And I said, guys, you should go to the open mic nights at JJ's. Yeah. And... And, and you guys like dancing, like you love to dance, you should go and dance there. Even if it's not your holiday or whatever, people would really enjoy to see you're performing, you know, something passionate. And they're like, really? Oh. And I'm like, yes, you clearly are a great musician. I asked this other guy, I said, I, I, he asked me something about a church. And I said, did you go to the church? Because it's people from all over the world. And it might not be the same church as home, but there's not many options here. And if you go and put yourself out there, he's like, well, she didn't return my call. I said, mm, did you really call? Here, I'll take you by the hand and walk you over. I'll come to church one day. You play three instruments, right? Like all the Ghanaian boys. Mm. And they're all, they made friends for life through the church and yeah, through the band. It's mm. the, and everyone, you're good at it. That's your skill, your talent. You're awesome at it. And that's how you it. make international friends. You're good at hockey and everyone wants to be your buddy. Yeah. And, and you're good at something. And, sure. um, yeah, and I and I have to do the same thing with my students. Every Monday, you know, remember Mindy? 
Yoga Mindy. She was yeah, in yeah. Wilson. Yeah, yeah so yeah. she's got this uh, set up every Monday night. It's a beautiful thing. It's Monday night. There's free yoga at this bar in Guanali at Gorilla Bar yeah. from 6 to 7. And then there's a running club from 7 to whatever. They, the runners come back. And then there's live music. And every week there's a new live musician. It's with Liquid Arts, which oh, is like nice. this. Um, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And with with uh, Kenneth May. Yeah. And it's great. And, and it's like every time I go there, I see some people I know. I meet some new people. You know, I'm not running at like 7 p.m. I work out in the mornings and stuff, but like there's a lot of I- interesting people. And I met a guy from uh, this entrepreneur the other the uh, last week, and he's got a video game company. He's looking for students to like try his video game, and then now yeah. I'm connecting my students with the with that. And I love this like now that COVID's over, it's like enjoy the yeah. world again. You know, enjoy the enjoy meeting people. So uh, this 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 uh, Monday coming up, there is a member uh, Marta. You guys had yeah. Marta on yeah. the. She's doing an event on the same night. So there's the yoga and then there's the entrepreneurship event at, uh, at the gorilla bar. So I'm just dragging. I'm like telling my students, come on down. Like you guys have to, you guys have to like put yourself out there. Yeah, man. I have one student. She's, she's, uh, makes TikTok videos and she did some business with some, um, Korean cosmetic company. I'm like, you want more business? Come to this event. I'm sure there'd be someone at the event that yeah, can do that. But it's like, you have to kind of like hold Gen Z by the hand. It seems like you have to kind of like. I, I feel I'm part of that too, though, because I don't know. Growing up, I felt there's there's like there's kids and there's adults, and adults know what's going on, and they got connections. And but you re as I get older, I realize it's more just exactly what you just said, like putting yourself out there, and you meet one person, you're like, oh, this is how the ball starts rolling. Ah. Is, this, is this is this Gen Z or is this personality types? Or have personality types really changed? I mean, I don't care where I am in the world. I'm, I, <laughs> I mean, my family doesn't like it. I got to find people to talk to. I teach a civil <laughs> servants class there. And uh, every time I see them out in public, whatever it is, or even if I'm driving by and they're finishing a course, I see them. And I say, hey, guys, how you doing? And they're like, oh, oh, oh. And, and they're, they're on a one-year sabbatical and they're, they're studying. Um, and I say, hey, if you see me in public, I've told students for – in university for 12 years, 13 years. If you see me in public and you come and talk to me, I'll buy you a beer, an ice cream, whatever. Same thing, but, same thing. But, you know, I taught at the YWCA there a bunch of uh, women's classes, recertification, so they can do after-school program. Mm. They were in the workforce, had families, got out, and now they want to come back. And I see them all over the place. And I always do the impression, like when you see them at Costco or Home Plus and you're on the other end of the aisle and they go, oh, shit, that's my teacher. Turn the other way and beat a lot of them. No, no, come and, say, come and say hello. Like it's the opposite. You know, you're comfortable in class and you know, oh, professor's my friend or whatever. But when you're out in public, it's like, and they say, oh, we don't want to bug you with your family. I'm like, my family hates me because I talk too much. Like I'm looking for people to talk to actively, you know, yeah, please yeah. come and save me. They don't want to hear me. They tell me to shut up. They don't want to hear too much. So. Do you introduce your family when you meet? Nobody, nobody comes up when I'm with my family. Oh, but yeah, if they did, absolutely. I mean, once or twice, yes. And I introduced my wife, but I never do. I'm just so excited to see the person. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, Dan, what's up, man? And then family's just standing behind, not like, are you going to say hello to us too? I just totally block them off. And it's <laughs> but, but my other problem is that I know too many people. And my wife's there and she's like, 
And I'm like, come and I'll introduce your conversation. And I want to meet just random people all the time. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have no connection to these people. And I was like, we were at the park the other day. And I was giving her the, come on. And she's like, well, I don't know who the heck this is. I'm like, yes, you do. You do. You just don't realize. You just think it's another one of these random people I yeah. talk to. But it's, you know, <laughs> Taya and Joan's mom. And she's inviting us for a barbecue. And she's like, why does your wife keep walking by 20 feet away and looking over here and not saying hi? And she didn't realize her. And I was like. Just come. I'll introduce you. Walk away if you want. When you stay around here long enough, Wilson's a pretty small city. When you stay around long enough, you get, you know, you get to meet lots of uh, lots of people in different uh, in different areas. Yesterday, man, I was in a. <laughs> I started a new class. This guy's got uh, a rental car company. Go in, and I know I've taught his wife before, and I was talking about the festival that you were at, and I was like, oh, you know, we do it with these people and this people. Like, man, you know, so many people. I was like, no, not really. Dude, his manager walks in. He goes, Brian. He was, <laughs> he was, he was a trainer at my gym ten years ago. <laughs> Brian, what are you doing? I'm like, oh man, this is very unusual. Uh, very unusual to have it, but it's a pretty funny but, but, situation. But that's also it. And I referenced it on the last one we recorded that when he went home, he said, "You know what? Through We Hope and podcast, we can talk to people anywhere about anything. You know, any time of day." And and that's. That's part of it, and I think it's part. Maybe my wife doesn't. That's not her style. When we got married and walked this University Street, you know, we would bow to every business owner because we we lived here for ten years. We partied on this street. Mm. She's like, "How do you know all these? Guys? Like, I've lived in these places for years, man." Jopo Jopo Galby's a he's a delivery guy now. Really? Oh, dude, I almost smashed him with my car the other day. <laughs> Give him the horn, but. He's so popular. so so do you think two things one uh, how you bring these you bring kids out regularly to different things uh yeah now that covid's over it's like there's an event going on i'm like how can i connect my students with these events cuz they're going to be so they're going to get so much out of it and i enjoy it cuz i love to connect people that's what happened to me when i was mm-hmm. when i was a student i got older older mentors and older teachers connected me so i try to do the same thing but when i think of my university days man I try and be the guys that I didn't have. My guys were not approachable. They were old school. I sit here, 300, 400 people in a lecture hall. Yeah. Like it was, <laughs> it was not 20 students. You know, I learned about your family and, you know, your part-time job. And I know all, I know lots, hundreds of students, but I know lots about all of them. I guess it's more of when I, not necessarily when I was like a student, but when I was like starting my businesses and then okay. I had a lot of mentors that kind of, walked held my hand walked me through the process connecting me with the community so i try to do the same thing because it was like wow like looking back i was like i was really lucky to have that that those sort of mentors in my life sure so i try to do the same thing because these students i mean they're international they're here they don't really know much about korea and a lot of them they're working you know they they're students and then they work Mm. they make they they have part-time jobs So finally, they have a little free time. I want them to get the most out of their time in Korea. I don't want them to sit in the dorm room. TikTok. And, just look at it. Yeah. and that's, man, that, that's not part of your job description. But no. you, Nate, you, Danny, and Jeff, you guys all go above and beyond to incorporate the students as much as you can in, into every different the aspect of, of yeah, Korean culture. Yeah. And, well, that's and, why, 
And I, I think the universities maybe don't realize that no, that no, added no. benefit Absolutely. that no. you guys are, you know, I don't think that's appreciated enough. And what we're going to talk about, they want to double the foreign student population. Yeah, it's going to become more and more clear how important that is as it diversifies, because without the connection, well, it, it's it's blatant. I mean, lots of the guys just run away and work. It's all over the country. Markey's University has two students and like 10,000 online students, but two practical students and a 50-year-old guy and a 60-year-old lady. Everybody else is online because they, they don't they don't come to class. So, but just backing up a bit, mm. only you, your university, your colleagues, your network, only you doing this or is it pretty, is there a lot of foreign guys doing this or are there Koreans doing this? Because my experience is the Koreans are still very not approachable. In, in for the most part, they're not approachable. Um, and I think to my days at UNIST, I mean, Professor Tartar, uh, Professor Kim, students love these guys. They were attracted to them because you could talk to them, especially as a, a foreigner. But in, in Korea, they just kind of see that hierarchy where, okay, you're here, I'm here. We don't talk to each other. You're just pass your information to me. But the, the way of educating people is changing. But in terms of just this kind of liaison or, or mentor role model position, is that only you at, at your university or among the other ones? Is there others that do that? There's definitely some other professors in international college. I know there's uh, one professor in the film department, and I saw him out at the restaurant that I that I frequent with a bunch of students. They went on a hike and then took them to spa land. So there's definitely that happening at, at uh, Dongsa University International College. I don't know about everyone, but I know I probably do it do it quite a bit just because I'm also a single guy. I'm, I'm, I have more right. free time. <laughs> That's the next thing. So I, I don't have a family. So it's right. like. You know, it's it's easier for me to have that space in my schedule to do it. So, like last uh, last month, the the former prime minister from Mongolia. It's really interesting. He he like he's been emailing me back and forth. But when he writes me emails, he writes like the text in the subject of the email, and we're writing like back and forth yesterday. And he's like <laughs> this. He he came to Busan for uh, the book tour. You just you just get like a long ass. Yeah, just a, not not long message, but it's in German because you know he 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 was a uh, he was ambassador to Germany at some point. Holy moly! Yeah, and and he came to Busan last month, and he he did a book tour, and then I posted in my Facebook group. I was like, who wants to who wants to meet the former prime minister of Mongolia? So it's a couple of my students movie. showed up and got to meet him and. Uh, and like to them, it was like I me. Mean, even to me, it was like, oh wow, this guy's like a state a, a statesman. You know, this yeah. guy's a real. Uh, it's a real deal. Yeah, yeah. So he ran a country. Be, he ran a country. He ran the country yeah. in, in uh, 2014, 2015, I think, and um, something like that. And then the students got to take photos with him, and then they, you know, they got a nice experience. And it was an interesting conversation we had in, um, a, you know, at, at his book tour. There were some good questions asked, and we learned about like his experience living in East Germany that turned into Germany mm. and how that gave him some insight into understanding capitalism. And when he came back to Mongolia, he did pretty well. Oh, good for him. So it was very interesting, you know, and I'm always like thinking, okay, what's going on here? How can I connect my students? So there's a guy that I'm meeting on uh, Monday night. And I think I mentioned earlier, he, he has a video game company mm. or a phone game company. And He's looking for students to make content, to make TikTok videos and, and social media. So I told my students, 
I said, which one of you guys are on TikTok? Like half of you. <laughs> who wants to who wants to do some business with this guy? Yeah. And whether it works out or not, it's a good experience for them to like, you know, to to um give it a try, see what he wants. Do something different. Yeah, instead just of just get another typical, experience. Well, just a lecture, pass the class, part-time <laughs> yeah. job. Like life is more than that. Life is a lot more than yeah. just just that's my, my undergrad was worse than you just go to you know you just explain go to go to lecture yeah, and yeah. write the test and pass it it was so much more bleak than that it was yeah. <laughs> not go to class panic attack before the test barely yeah. pass the test <laughs> i mean my undergrad i was just like you know i was having a lot of fun and and doing a lot of martial arts and oh. but like either way whether i was having fun i was meeting people and i was doing martial arts i was meeting a whole different group of people sure so it's like you got to do that in university yeah you got to do that i mean like then you're and gonna that's get a, that's, old that's, that's that stage i mean most anymore. people yeah. aren't coming out of high school starting you know million dollar businesses they don't come out knowing they want to be a brain surgeon they don't they, this is their kind of figure out period and I don't know if self-directed learning on YouTube or Coursera or Khan's Academy is the way to, uh, maybe, to yeah. start funneling all these young people like go figure it out yourself it's all available you don't have to pay for uni but this is it it's kind of finding your place and, and learning where you fit in and where you don't and what what makes you tick and what doesn't but um, that's a good point man maybe they need that two or three years of like decompression to to just think about you know, what, what do I want? Maybe it's a, the step back after a brutal high school here. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if I didn't have kids, my, I wrote down being single and is it only you? But if I think of Jeffy and, and he does an amazing job with the kids and he he's older now. He's only he 60? 60. 60. He's just turned 60. Mm. And, and he treats them like his kid. I mean, he doesn't treat them like his kids, but he kind of does. I mean, yeah, that's his yeah. family, right? He doesn't have family here. He's got his wife and that's it. But that's his family and, and he... You know, he relishes those experiences and stuff, but I don't know if, like, the, the, where he works isn't, uh, they're not saying, well, he does this because he needs to. If he doesn't do this, he's going to go insane. So we're just going to let him keep doing it and, and milk it as much as we can. They're not, they're not putting that together. But I, I think if Jeffy didn't have that, there'd be a huge hole, a mm. huge hole. So this fills that hole. This is his family. This is where he puts his extra time and effort and he loves it. Yeah. And it's great, but I think he should be compensated for it. Um, and if I was in your shoes, I'm sure I'd be doing the exact same thing. And I, the only reason I'm not out bringing kids all over is because I got a family, and you know, got my get, goddamn kids at home. They gotta go. <laughs> they gotta go to swimming and and, yeah, yeah. and gymnastics and hockey and whatever. Otherwise, I would be. Um, sure. So I, I, was, I think that's a huge part of it, and I think it's great that you do that because what a not what a waste if you wanted to have your own personal life or something, but I'm sure you, you separate it, but it's yeah, also great. And it feels, doesn't it feel good? Yeah. It's like it's, to give them those experiences and know that you're influencing and making a difference in someone's life. Like the kids that write, my wife says, why do you volunteer? Why do you? And I said, look, here's the messages after this festival. Best experience I've had. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I want to do more of these. I want to help more people. I want to engage. I want to connect. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's why athlete. you do it. And I hope there's good people out there that will do that for my kids. Yeah. Like if we're – I went and got a kid out of jail there about six or eight months ago at <laughs> six in the morning. And my wife's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just sleep. All you have to do is sleep. It doesn't affect you. Just sleep. Right, and, right. Yeah. You know, if my daughter's studying in, in Paris or, or Rome or Guatemala City and they're in jail, 
I hope they feel comfortable calling someone to help get them out instead of mumbling, bumbling through, you know, broken language and getting in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want to be, you know, the guy's dad or, or whatever, but if, if you have to, sometimes you have to, and the guy appreciates it and you know, he's, he's forever grateful. He realizes what he did wrong and hopefully it doesn't happen again, but it's not a weekly occurrence. And even if he doesn't realize now, I'm sure at some point down, down the road, he'll be like, oh, that guy really bailed me. And that'll be, <laughs> that'll be painted forward or filling out someone else's bucket up later and, and, you know, what goes around comes around. I think you should change that analogy, man. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you said you, you kind of have to take them by the hand, but is this just international kids? Because the Korean kids are traveling more than ever, ever. They're so much more independent now. While also, you know, once it seems once they're in Korea, they're just very conservative and, and in their shells. But these are the same guys that are going to Japan for the weekend mm. with their buddies. They're the same guys that are going, you know, here, there. On, and the, on the parents' dime, though. Some yes, some yeah. no. But they've traveled with their families growing up. They're the first generation of kids who got to, like, have leisure travel growing up. Yeah. Their parents didn't do that. It was only business trips for businessmen. Um, so their moms were the first ones. Let's go to Guam for a week or Philippines for five days. Just just because, not for anything, but just for, for tourism. Um, and they're the first ones that have stepped out at 19, 20, you know, their assignments, they, they reflect these memories all the time. And I went to Japan one time and I went to Thailand one time. You're like, you guys are getting out there. Yeah. yeah. Finally. And, and I think I spend a, a good portion of my classes advocating for travel and experiences and this other stuff. But when you said, you know, you have to, they need more mentoring, more guiding, more leading in, in in some aspects, but I think in other aspects, they've really grown up a lot different than the, their parents in the last two, three generations. Because, sure. Man, kids weren't, hey, I want to go to Nepal and volunteer. I'm like, huh? <laughs> where'd you get that? I, they watch these shows on TV. What are they called? Those, those travel. Those there's travel one or two docs. shows of, and you know, you meet, my mother-in-law will say, uh, do you guys make, uh, whatever, cotton candy pizza? And I'm like, where did you get that from? Son of a I bitch. watched it on the show. It was at the State Fair in Alabama. And I was like, <laughs> what? When were you watching the Alabama State Fair? Like, what are you talking about? But I think when you're talking about taking them by the hand, you are you mean specifically like in Korea and, and helping them make connections? I would not say just so encouraging them to do things that they – a little bit out of their comfort zone. Of course, they're, they'll you know they'll do their thing. They'll do what, whatever the, the norm is for mm. like what their friends are doing, whether they're Korean students or international students. But I mean, like I, we had some students um, – there was this um, SDG, this uh, sustainable design competition, and I got a couple. So one student from Kyungsung Day, one of one of my top students, and we pushed them. And me and uh, this lady by the name of Mary O'Neill, you have to have her on the podcast. I'm gonna Mary O'Neill, seventy nine year old lady, beautiful. She was in the Olympics in like nineteen seventy something Whoa. for sailing. And she lives in my building. She's retired. She was running like the uh, Sheila De Hakio, uh English program, um, you know, and then she retired, obviously. Wow. And she's the most amazing. In Olympia. In my building. I hang out with her like three times. I see her in the cafe every morning. Yeah. We're having coffee. And me and her, we mentored these students. And we pushed them to enter this competition. And they ended up, uh, we found out yesterday, they got honorable mention. They didn't win. But yeah. the prize was like three million won. Yeah. I'm like, go for it. Yeah. And, the, the and like, if man. we didn't push them... 
they probably would have, maybe they would have done it. Maybe they wouldn't have done it, but we pushed them. And then we, we like gave them some really good ideas and then they made the video and like, that's, it's a beautiful thing. Sure. It really is. And, and working with her and working with these students and now their, their resumes are filled with such nice. It's another feather in their cap, man. That's really, cool. yeah. you know, like the students that they've worked with Mary in, uh, in a previous project. And then this project, I mean, their resumes are looking good. And then when they're competing in this very competitive world, mm. they have these these things that they can put on their resume that, that make them look good and stand out from other people. So mm. I love, I guess it's the, the students that want to be out, pushed out of their comfort zone. I want to be there to... to Give them that uh, extra kick in the ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I, and I really enjoy doing that. And like kind of like the We Hope, like it's the idea of like, I put a lot of time and energy into it. I don't get anything, but I do because I like the feeling of seeing them succeed. It, it's funny, eh? Doing all this stuff and pumping other people up, but yeah, it's a but good it's like it, it's like, it's a sustainable energy. It's different. Like, okay, you, you do something for yourself, you make money and then you have money, but it's like, it's a little empty. It's like, okay, I have, I have money, mm. but when you do something and then you see other people and you like plant a seed and let that seed grow, uh, it's like, dude. wow. Like, but that and connectivity it, and community has been the center of civilization for, for <laughs> is, centuries. And I think that's why it's a sustainable feeling. That's why it's a, it's like a really nice flow state when you, when you're helping these students. Yeah. And, and it's, I think it's more gratifying when you see the direction society is going in, which is the exact opposite direction of disconnecting mm. people. And when you bring them in, and the light goes off and goes, wow. And now I know, like, I introduced an Uzbek guy to the Uzbek leader who's like an auntie. She's married to a Korean guy. Yeah, yeah. But they never connect. This is my problem with the with the community leaders and stuff. You know, like, you lead the Americans, but it's only students. And he's from China, and he leads the Chinese, but it's only factory workers or married wives. But none of the sections inter, intersect. And it, it's not... There's no collaboration. There's no communication. The students do the student thing. The factory workers, factory workers, and immigrant wives do immigrant wives things. But when we bring them together, you got the know-how on TikTok and Instagram and do marketing. Auntie knows how to cook, and we can make her a website and send her samsas all over the country. And these guys should be working. They're from your country. Like when you have a problem or you got a tax problem in your country, I can't help you anymore. Mm. I can help you in Korea. I can help these things. But when you got like one of your cultural or whatever... I can't help that. Then you need, you know, your older auntie here to, but they're not connected. And so the light goes off and these guys are like, go and introduce yourself, get all their phone numbers. And he's like, she's from my hometown. We spoke the same dialect. And she said she lived here 20 years and never met anybody that speaks our dialect. And I met her <laughs> mom who's here. And I was like, dude, that all I said was like, put yourself out there and be open to experiences. Yeah, um, you're walking the walk too. We were busy at the at the festival, didn't have time to sit down. We're like, hey, go go meet these people. You went and chatted up uh, and, and met probably ten people on. Uh, yeah, at the thing yeah, I love it. I love doing that. Yeah. I love meeting people. But it's also, I think there's there's this book I read um, called The Weirdest People in the World. Mm -hmm. Really good book. It, I think it gives anyone who's lived internationally like we have. It gives you really good perspective on understanding like the West, the the weird, which stands for Western, educated, industrialized, rich and democratic. Mm. And then the rest of the world, which is the majority of the world. And most of the psychological studies that have done they have done in the last like, you know, 20, 30 years is all based on weird populations. So it's not really right. correct. Yeah. And 
if you if you read the book, it, it talks about how the majority of the world, like they're they're much more clannish in terms of their orientation. Like Western people were very comfortable meeting someone from uh, another country, making a new friend. We're very open, uh, open-minded, and um, where like their cultures, there they have like um, a lot of uh, family cousins, huge families with cousins. So like, if you have a family, if you had like you know ten cousins and seven brothers and no need and to, sisters, to meet anyone, you don't else. need to meet someone outside. Yeah. And and I think uh, the book talks. I can't remember exactly, but it was something about how like the in in Europe the church banned like let's say they banned uh, multiple wives and cousin marriages like five hundred years ago or something like that, and then that caused the Western people to go outside of their own yeah. circles to to meet people, and then now in the last like hundred years other cultures have have copied the western way and and you know you only have to have one one wife and you can't marry your second cousin you know but but in a lot of cultures they they do that and then when they're when they're meeting people they only feel comfortable meeting people in their own like circles so where western people are are able to connect outside and that's why it's like i remember i was with a couple of students um, and I saw a guy uh, who was a you know an American guy, and next thing you know, I'm like talking to him for like 20 minutes, and my students are looking at me like, "How did you just talk to that stranger? Like, you don't even know him." I'm like, "Yeah, that's how we do it, you know, that's how we do it." But I, but a lot of cultures, the majority of people, Korean, they're, they're not like that. Koreans included, or it might be my wife. She said like small talk or just going to chat someone up is very like sure. mentally stressful, and like I don't know what to say. I'm like, mm-hmm. we just. Whatever just comes out of your mouth, you don't think if about it. If they're not your sambe or your hube, you don't. Yeah, you don't know yeah it's different. I mean, it's hard. You have to have that connection. Shit, it's hard. And then when you have that connection, it's unbreakable. Hey, uh, sambe, we graduated the same university twenty six years ago, and I need a five hundred thousand dollar investment for my startup. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's okay. Right, right. And uh, it's just how it works. We're at home, you know. You have to go around, and you actually got to put it out there. Yeah, and I think also they're afraid of that because they they when they do have a friendship, it's like a real. That means like I'm gonna lend you like five grand. That's like the, you have to have three bottles of soju to make the concrete relationship. That's first. true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> concrete relationships. Yeah. You mentioned the empty. Well, not you mentioned resumes and filling them up. Lots of empty resumes across the board. Koreans, international, lots of it. And I try and tell the international students, like, working at BBQ Chicken, I mean, these skills are transferable and applicable, you know, to future jobs. These The factory skills are probably not your monotonous job. I mean, at least if you're in a restaurant, you can get people skills. You can upgrade your resume to say you had, like, some sales experience or some money experience. Right, right. Um, but in the factories, yeah, they might pay a little bit more, but you're not – you're just putting in time and getting money, and it's, it's not doing anything. Um, yeah. But I look at these things, all these opportunities, contests, workshops. Oh, you have to have something on there. And so many of them have nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. And, and when they do have something, it's like two, two months this or one shot this or I did that. or. Huh? Yeah. I was talking to a student yesterday and he wants to apply for his MBA in uh, UK. And 
he doesn't have anything on his resume. I'm like, <laughs> you need to like start a campus club. You need to volunteer. Volunteer. Exactly what I said to him. I'm mm-hmm. like, listen, here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. But again, it's like, are you, you going to do just, it? You can lead a horse to water. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm telling him what to do. And, and, um, cause most people aren't doing that. Even like, you know, starting out making a LinkedIn page and like doing something, you know, you, uh, but I don't know if this, maybe it's their own culture, their own, they have their own way and they're, they have their own uh, way of, uh, you know, maybe they go back to their country and they have like business connections. But it's like, if you don't, if you want to go to UK, you better like, you know, go on chat GPT and look up how to make a CV <laughs> yeah, in, yeah. In, uh, in, in, for UK. One in Rome. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I give them what they, I give them whatever it is like, they need, but it's a matter of them doing it. You know, I can I can point them in directions, lead the horse, yeah. can't lead the horse to water. So, um, but anyways, yeah, we're saying uh, Korea wants to increase their <clears throat> increase their student or double yeah. double the student pop the foreign student population by twenty twenty seven. Yes, uh, do you think <clears throat> we're chatting earlier? But do you think or both of you guys the question like do you think uh, or or what should Korea be doing? to keep the students here i mean it's one thing to get them in the door but i think it's important as well to to keep them here or integrate them further into the into the culture so it's not it's not really an us and them kind of feeling right you want to you want to kind of support them and and get them into 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 roles as we said before they're they're integrating or implementing you need uh some korean language skill you can't you can't just come here but how about, how about the first one? What's the problem? How do we get to here? Yeah, it's it's tricky because I would say the average Korean professor, and I know this from my, my previous university, they, they're having trouble teaching in English. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, the international students, maybe they can study some Korean before they come to Korea or when they're in Korea. But they, I, I believe they want classes taught in English. They want content. They want to learn business in English. Well, when I went to university, if I didn't grow up in like speaking English every day of my life, I think it would be very hard to learn to, to listen to a two-hour lecture in a in a foreign language, or like a, if you're level two or level three Korean, how can you exist in a in a in like a learning. university it's not, lecture? It's not, it's not meant for that. It's meant to get. This is what I said. What is the problem? The problem is. The lowest birth rate in the world. Mm. The marriages going through the floor. I mean, in marriage rates going through the floor. There's no kids. Generally speaking, there is no kids in the last 10 years. Mm. And there's none moving forward. And there's no... Did did you see the CCP yesterday? Or President Xi or two days ago? He said, we got to go back to the old way. And women, you have to follow the party's plan. Stay home, make kids, and take care of old people. Wow. He's like, whoa, whoa, we're going back like 50 years. Uh, one child policy said, and then back to just... Yeah, but they said we have to go back to our traditional roots and values where women have to not focus on jobs, but family <laughs> and, and babies. And Dude, I know. Yeah. this is their... Didn't you see? He had four, four new steps to... You know, he said this the other day. Yeah. Wow. And and Korea. So Korea, the other side is Korea, where they don't say to do that, but they have no idea how to manage this problem. And yeah. Japan has the same problem: a very fast aging population, no kids, no marriages. W- what do you do? So this is this increase the student population thing. 
Yeah. Now the question is in Korean or in English? In Korean, you're limiting yourself, right? I mean, how many people? Sure, th- this this how you BTS cape. It's not going to last forever. Mm. I mean, everyone in Southeast Asia isn't going to want to come here forever. Now they watch K dramas, BTS, so, so they want to come. And if they have a base in English, which is kind of world language, they don't want to. Less people would want to well, I think learn a new language. Students just need to have a base in English to study internationally in general. Oh, sure, but I'm saying yeah. picking up picking up the Korean language would eliminate a, a lot of potential. But picking up uh, the English language means they probably wouldn't stay here. So it's a catch twenty two. I mean, I have yeah, no I idea agree. how they can. If you're going to learn, like the kids at Unis, Post Tech, Keist, they study in English. They, like, we've had four or five of them on Google, Apple, Microsoft. Yeah. I mean, these are not guys who are going to be staying in Korea. Mm-hmm. So the Koreans who graduate from there, some of them probably choose to because it's comfortable, it's their home country. But these guys are coming from different countries and they can go back to their countries and work for these super companies. Why would they stay? Now, okay, let's train them in Korean. You got to be passionate about Korea and living in Korea, and otherwise, you know, you're not going to be staying here. Mm. So, yeah. how many people in the world are there that are willing to be educated post secondary in Korean and make Korea their life? It, it's also very limited. Yeah, because Korea is competing with all these other countries with the same birth rate problem, like France and Germany, Canada, and, America. Yeah, yeah. And, so, and and that's the thing. So now, so kinda how the much? way to get more students in is to educate them in English. That's the right. answer. If you offer these programs in English, I mean, look at Unist. It's full. Keist, it's full. They're, well, Unist is all English. Keist has a lot. Right. Um, Seoul, Yonsei, they just said 30% by 2025. 30% foreign student body. So how much, 30% student how student body. much cultural erosion are they willing to, to, right, to allow right. before? So if you said 30% of Seoul Day and Yonsei Day, and can you imagine a society where 30% of people are foreign? Like that's incomprehensible here. But that's the direction we're going in. They have that's to. that's within the next ten years here. Right, right. It it can't function as a country. Ten years is by twenty twenty seven. That's three years, four years. No, that I mean that's the university. I mean as a society. Oh, as a society, yeah, as yeah, a general. yeah, general. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, like like I said, who's going to do all these labor jobs? We were eating at the Tewagong last weekend. There was a team taking down scaffolding. Twelve guys. Nine of them were foreigners. Sure. There's no Korean mom pushing their kid to go take down scaffolding. And these guys, and the Korean guys are like 55, 60. Mm. So, I mean, it's it's a major conundrum here. Japan, China has the same thing. They have all these guys that are 25, 30 that have no jobs. It's all huge unemployment. And now they want them to have kids. They got no jobs. Mm. How do you want them to have kids? The Korean guys are the same, right? Well, back to the, sorry, back to the Gen Z thing. And one, I mean, I saw a video yesterday that, the the one girl's like i don't want to work you guys are all you know harassing me because i don't want to work she goes before working used to lead to owning a house and and having leisure time and, and being able to afford food she goes it doesn't matter if i work hard or not right i i, I can't buy anything so that was uh, i mean one one point in there in how do you favor. turn that around how do you motivate inspire those guys to mm. see the light and somebody i don't know if it was rogan or somewhere else diary of a ceo that said you have to re position the wealth because even in america right now it's like the top 20 percent of people not rich people they're the oldest people and and 50 years ago the oldest people had like 30 percent of the wealth yeah now the oldest 20 oldest 20 percent of oldest people in america control like 90 percent of the wealth so none of these young people have money to spend 
It's all old people hoarding it. So it's a redistribution of, of the wealth. But back to this. Slow down, Bernie. Back to this, Jen. <laughs> as far as I can see, it's just going to, how many, 20, 30 universities closing per semester? It's mind boggling. Yeah. Um, so if you don't. But were they, you got to think too, were they overinflated at some point? Anyways, do you think there are a lot of bullshit universities? 100%. With 100%. But this is, this I mean, is what about like the a, states? The states has like 5 million community colleges and all these little, right? Like, yeah. Just, but I would say the difference is in the culling. states is the, the prestige of the American university is so strong. I remember reading some book about how they recruit the CIA. Let's say you're, you're a CIA guy living in um, Venezuela or whatever, Mexico or somewhere, and you want to recruit someone to spy for America, you tell them, listen, we'll give your kid an education from Stanford. Beautiful. And he's like, all right. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm not talking about Stanford. I'm talking about all the community colleges. Yeah, well, commu- yeah sure. I mean, there's keep, so keep many. the Ivy League fine and, and state universities, whatever, fine. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think people realize when some of the foreign students go, I want to go do a master's or something. Like, where should I go? University. There's the- 20 million universities to choose yeah, from. Like, yeah. and they're like, well, this one's in New York. Whoa, 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 New York is not. New York City is not all of New York. There's a big part of New York that you've never heard of. Sure. And it's 98% of New York you've never heard of. Salamanca. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's, you're going to see that everywhere of, of, you know, people learning online different ways and, and places closing. But here, it's a major problem. And international students solve that problem. But where do you see it going? It's tough. It's tough to say. I don't know. Um, I mean, the international students are happy because they can come here. They can, uh, you know, they the, the soft power from the, the K-pop, K-drama, Korean wave is is strong. So they do, they are living that like sort of fantasy of, of you know, um, coming to Korea and getting closer to that action. And then they're also working and making money and sending money back to their home countries. And I think and that... the base salary it, here is like five times what they'd make. Yeah, it's a lot of money for them. Huge, so they're huge. they're satisfied in the short term and then Korea said it. So it's like a win-win in the short term. But again, in the long term, I don't really know because are they going to stay here? Probably not. Um, what is Korea going to do? Because they, they need to replace these... Uh, these uh, families that there's no there's no young people there's not many young people so that korea has to do something to they need keep a, people staying a shift in the in the immigration policy where it's you know the the entry is so it's impossible right now i mean if you want to come here as a business guy i mean until a year or something ago it was five hundred thousand dollars you need a half yeah, a million to, yeah. to get well listen if i got 500 grand i'm not coming to korea Unless it's the niche market that I need. Right. There's right. way less red tape and way easier places to get in uh, where they will accept English as a as a working language. And, and what I mean, you're not coming here with 500 grand. And at the same time, if you want to take these students from, again, Eunice, Post-Tech, Keist, or your university or mine, hey, give these guys an entry into the into the workforce here. That's not factory work. That's not this where they can use their skills. So either English has to become a much more common language here, which would allow all these guys to stay and work. And then it's, you know, bring your brother, bring your cousin, get them working and keep the money in Korea. But right now they're getting fleeced left, right and center. Mm. Students can work 25 hours, they but they all in. work 50. 
They're going to start paying tax now. They send home 90% of their money. Yeah. So so that's it. But that doesn't fix anything. Then the problem with them doing that and giving the foreign students more power, more more leverage is it competes with Koreans. And they don't want to compete with the international students because right. the international students are very competitive. The ones that are at UNIS. The good jobs here are for Koreans and foreigners yeah. can do the other jobs. But... But that's they the don't want to give. They don't want to give yeah. that up yet. Yeah, they don't yeah, want to give I that get up. It. Yet. I mean, you know, it's like think how hard the Koreans work to get those. Well, that's. I mean, that that the, argument's been happening in uh, back home forever. These goddamn immigrants coming in, taking my jobs. No, they take yeah. jobs you don't want. They build themselves up, and then they turn it into something that you go. Now you own all the floor cleaning companies in the country. Holy shit! You started out as a floor cleaner. How do you own every store's cleaning company or contract now? Yeah, well, that's how they work. Yeah. But the other thing I see here with the Uzbek students or the Vietnamese or um, they're not – they don't seem to have that entrepreneurial brain or the, or the savviness that, say, the Filipinos in Canada or – you know, I find the Filipinos in Canada, they make all that money, send it home and start businesses. Like my cousin's got a business. My uncle's got a – even if it's a mango shack, a mango latte or juice shack or whatever, they, they – you know, they go home and they start all these businesses where – I asked some students, like, you work so hard and you send this money home, but like, where does it go or what are they doing with it? I don't know. I just sent it to my parents. Well, you're 24, 25. Like, you, maybe you should save like 500 bucks for you and your future and your, you know, improving yourself. But, but I think it goes back to that, what I was talking about, the, the weirdest people in the world, that book. Their loyalty is to their families, not mm. to their individual selves. Sure. So the idea the of, oh, I'm going to make some money for myself. No, they're going to do because maybe they want to put their brother through school. Maybe they want to put their yeah. sister through school. Yeah. So like they're not even thinking about themselves. They're sending money home. And I don't really know. And honestly, I don't know what 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 happens, what the money they make here and they send it back. But So I always bring it up like, what if your dad's drinking and gambling? <clears throat> Oh, no, no, no. Okay, but but what if? You have no idea. No. What if you go home and say, okay, dad, you know, I did my part. I lived abroad. I worked. I thought I was going to come over to a palace and, you know, uh, a passive income. And, like, now I got to come back and just be like a regular worker for 400 bucks a month? But if you... What was I doing? Remember what Beanode said in his that everything and every chance and opportunity he's had, he attributes to his dad. Yeah. He's like, it, it, everything, every chance and whatever I attribute and to my there's dad. There's a lot of reciprocal relationships that they have there because they, they're from cultures that were more survival cultures where maybe their family, like they were in a hard time and they had to borrow money from their cousin and then they kind of have to help their cousin out now yeah, yeah, yeah. that their yeah. son is working in, in Hermy, Hermy as well. She was very, she talked about the taking care of your parents because they, they're basically responsible for everything. And I think sure, in a weird population, we, I don't think we give our parents enough. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, like our, <laughs> enough I, mean for, I don't know about your guys' parents, but my mom's pretty set, you yeah. know, and at this moment. So it's like, I don't have to worry about taking care of my mom. Mm. And, but, but uh, we also grow up like that where they say you're 18, Go find your legs and get on with it. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. here. You're you're paying Chimac for your son till he's thirty five. Yeah. So I mean, it's if 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 my parents paid for me till I'm thirty five, I damn well better take care of them. Sure. That's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you're you know you're leaving at sixteen, eighteen, twenty, mm. fully gone, then I mean you know they should probably have the funds to. They still got to work another twenty years after you're gone. Mm. They probably have the means to take care of themselves. Yeah. Um, I had a funny one of. 
you mentioned before about you know how they the the, the clan or, or the connection or the community i had an uzbek student who said he's not coming to class because he has to bring his brother to the airport mm. and, and now you know we say like the family and their every uzbek guy in the country is their brother right Right. Like, I got to go see my uncle. I got to go see my brother. I'm like, how many brothers do you have? How many uncle? I, I know. Right, I just right. want to, you know, like, it's not your real brother. <clears throat> and you've only been in Korea for two years. So, like, how important is this guy? He says, I'm missing class because I got to bring him to the inch under the airport. He's leaving. And this is that, you know, the culture and the bringing this guy to the airport is more important than going to class. I said, well, you're minus 2% on attendance and 1% is participation in this. And he says... That's that's fine. That's not a not a problem. Like, what grade do you want in the course? A, of course. I'm like, but your actions say you want to see. You know, yeah. I would never bring my buddy to the Incheon airport. And I said, how long? You only been here two years. How long did you know this guy? Mm, yeah, eighteen months. I'm like, come on. He's not your best buddy and your blood brother or something. He's he's your friend. He's like, yes, he's he's just my friend. Yeah. But this is what we do. And I said, okay, no problem. But it's the same understanding that we have to have when Rashan comes to class 10 minutes late. Because, I, man, I saw the kid walking home from the factory at 5 in the morning. Yeah. I was like, you, you've been partying? No, professor. I, I'm just coming home from work. And you're like, oh, that's why you're late. That's why you're sleeping That's why class. you're sleeping in. Sure. Oh, my God. But, but, but again, uh, so for, for these guys, I mean, the short term and the long term. Okay, you can send all your money home for four years. And because you worked and didn't study hard and didn't learn Korean, you can't stay in Korea now. So you're four years up, go home. Or you could keep a little bit of that money. You could reinvest it in yourself, do some online learning, you know, work a little bit less, send a little less home and stay here for 10 years or 15 or 20. Yeah. And send money home forever. Because I just got back from Uzbekistan in the summer. Uh, And you know how many damn guys I met there? Everybody speaks Korean there. Really? Outside of Tashkent, everybody spoke Korean. The the cook, the waitress, the the owner, everybody could speak Korean. And they all had a story about either studying or working in Korea. And now they're all oh, all this I wish I would but like what did you do? Seven years, ten years, six years, eight years, four years. And now they're back and they all make four hundred bucks a month. So, you know, I think mom and dad can understand that I'm taking care of you while also taking care of me. And the more I take care of me, the longer I can take care of you. And I can take care of more of you. But this short term, they only see the money at the end of the week. Like, I just have to get to the end of this week to send the money home. Who is saying about that? That some cultures are more of a short term orientation Mm. and some cultures have a long term. Like the Chinese have a long term orientation. They're thinking... World domination. Yeah. <laughs> World domination. Versus other cultures. 2,500. Like here and now, they're like, you know, what are we going to... I remember I was in Philippines and I and I um, did like a, one of those uh, jet ski tours and then, you know, paid the guy for me and my girlfriend and we paid... And then as soon as we came back, the guy's like getting a massage. He took the money. He's like enjoying himself, <laughs> getting a massage. I'm like, next day, we did another one of his tours and same thing. The guy like made his money. He sold he sold his jet jet ski tour and he's like getting massage on the beach. I do I do yeah. really really love the YOLO. I wish I could incorporate more YOLO. I'm more yeah, I, I'm the exact yeah. opposite. Like no no no. But well, it's we one can wait. it's one foot in the now and one foot in the later, but you got to I mean this is based on the survival cultures, right? Yeah. I mean they're like that day to day week to week because that's all they used to have. We yeah. we did we did as well. 
I mean, our, our grandparents used to keep money in their, you know, under their pillow because they, you know, <laughs> didn't have a system where they could invest in all this <laughs> yeah. stuff. So it, we, we also, our grandparents probably lived month to month. My parents probably lived month to month or check to check. Five kids. I mean, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. Yeah. And now, you know, we're in a position because of how hard our parents worked that we can do this. Right, right. And but, the other thing is, the, you know, they're 20-year-old kids. Their brains aren't fully developed. Mm. So they, they get a big check. It's like, what do you want to do with that money? Yeah. They're not thinking like... I'm LeBron James, We're baby. older. <laughs> ting, 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 ting. Yeah, yeah, I see some kids and they're like, you know, one kid, he was like, I got $300 shoes. I'm like, Let me try why? that on. Kick him in the ass. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Like, who are you impressing? And then like... You haven't, you heard, know, of Kirk- you haven't later, heard of Kirkland? <laughs> but then, then like uh, two months later he's like asking people to borrow money i'm like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you know who, who cares if you have three like but it takes i i think you have to like you said you, you got to get to a certain level of of comfort with it within yourself and 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 self-confidence knowing like uh shoes uh, shoes are important but you uh you know it doesn't make it doesn't make the doesn't shoe, make shoes don't on. make it the man. These, these, these guys haven't been through the trenches yet. No, no. I mean they're just walking just, straight into luxury. Like we had a thing on a but doing, it's, it's doing job interviews, yeah. doing job interviews in class, and yeah. I asked them, "How many of you guys have done a job interview?" I mean, two out of twenty-nine, six out of twenty-five. But I think back to high school. Like I think most people had a job in high school and university. Everybody had one or two jobs. But I was like. You guys are sitting here calling out hell, Joson. This looks like heaven, Joson, because you got designer everything, and everyone's got an iPad and an iPhone and iPod, whatever these things are called, buds, and none of you guys have a job. Like, Toketa, where? What are you guys doing that I haven't learned? That you just uh, you can get all this shit without doing anything. But well, this is back to the prince and the princess. They have one kid. They spend it all on one kid. Yeah, yeah. And and I think a lot of the parents still think that this one kid is going to take care of them. So they don't want them the construction job. They give them everything so they can just do maximum study output. What do the super rich people do? Do they just break their kids' balls because they get that it's hard work that really makes you satisfied not eight billion in the bank or or being pampered every step of the way? I don't know. There's a Shaq. Shaq is one example of how he treats his kids. And there's a few other ones of really good guys who don't give their kids anything or everything until it's earned. And they got to learn the ropes. They have an easier time growing up, but but they have to also go through the stages and the process of learning how to how to get there. Yeah, you know, I think one thing, as you said earlier, Brian, about how you can't really buy anything. So it's like, well, you can't get that. You can't get that apartment. So you might as well enjoy those $300 shoes. You might as well enjoy those nice. Well, that's that. I mean, that factor where you can't, you might as well get a nice bag. (laughs) There's a Korean, there's the Korean thing. I've mentioned it before. It's the Shibar Biong. And it's just like the fucking expense where you just, it's the same thing. I'll never afford a house in Seoul. I made a hundred dollars today. Bank why not issues. spend 26 bucks on sushi that's it and that's yeah. why you see these like <laughs> people like trying to show off and flex on instagram mm. with all their flex. things they love the flex yeah, yeah. they got to flex because flex. that's how they can flex they can't they can't do any real investing and then the <laughs> other thing is and and this is something that like you know because we grew up before the the social media but like the other thing is these companies that are uh marketing on uh, TikTok, Instagram, like they're getting, they're they're giving these kids ideas. They're like controlling their reality, absolutely, with what they want, like sure. on on a level that we've never 
experience yeah. before it's not, yeah. it's not it's, there's a lot of pressure but. it's not given them ideas they're fully controlled in, yeah. in many aspects of their lives they're Gosh. and they don't even realize they don't even know you i saw snap them out of that that's not something you can wake them up from very easily no. sure at all and I, it's, get, it's getting worse yeah the I TikTok saw, now you just the the i saw the TikTok in two years or whatever is like oh i want that shirt you know, Professor Danny's got that shirt. He's got six million guys. I want that shirt. You just touch on your screen your shirt, and it comes you up. You can purchase. buy it. Yeah. So there's no third party. There's no Amazon. They said TikTok might take down Amazon, which you think would be impossible. Wow. But now it's oh, uh, whatever. You're uh, it's just live. Conor modeling. McGregor, you're holding this. I go boom. McGregor's got that blue soap. I want it, and it's wow. check out. Yeah, I can. And see that's it. that impulsive, you know, tech big guys lined up outside your house because you went for a shit and, and bought sixty two things in five minutes. Where every picture you take a picture of it, it identifies what the product yeah, is with sure. AI, and then they yeah. they they can see the put new it right Ray- in your shopping cart. See the new Ray Bans with Meta. No, I saw that incorporated yeah, with Zuckerberg. Holy yeah, shit, yeah. man! It's, no, it's, I haven't seen it's anything. World. You look at a sign in Chinese, it tells you it in English. You look at a leaky faucet in your bathroom, say, "How do I fix this?" It just tells you how to fix it. Did you yeah. see the Zuckerberg and, what a uh, and Lex Friedman in the in the metaverse? Yes. Oh fuck! I saw that when I was at home. Yeah. It was so cool. It was but these so these cool, these goggles, the, yeah. well, goggles, these Ray Ban designer glasses are your brain. Yeah. You just think it, and it's it's already there. It's telling you what you're doing or what you're supposed to. Do, where you're, it's crazy. Uh, one one thing back to back to the flex. I saw a funny picture of Jay Z. When he had like uh they said whatever like 1995, he had a hundred grand, and you assume he's got all the gold chains yep. and the grill, and now he's got like four billion. He's just got a black suit, <laughs> you know. He's and that's uh yeah, yeah. that's what it is. I think it comes a that's lot. That's where from, I am. Lot from, I used to have some chains in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I'm onto the curtain. And then I'm teaching the, the the thing I was wanted to talk about. It's like I'm teaching the classes, and you see these kids. They're mm-hmm. on like, and they're just like they're listening, but they're like scrolling. You know, and and like at first, you know, it 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 definitely like affects my teaching. I'm like looking at these students. Are they well, we to me? we have a notorious kind of student rude. too, and it's just constant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the class is a certain size, you really can't. If it's like 15, 16, it's easy. You could get them the full attention of the students. But when there's like thirty, yeah, it's like they can like there's enough that they can like all kind of like space out and Disappear. do that. But at the same time, like because they're Gen Z. I think they're able, they're able to process, they're able to listen, and they're able to scroll on TikTok at the same time. Not all of them, but some of them are definitely still listening. Different degrees of efficiency. And and one of my buddies was saying, like, they're watching YouTube videos on double speed. Because the amount of information that they're able to, like, not take enough. in. It's not so, enough. <laughs> and we're probably, as professors, as teachers, we're, like, speaking too slowly. Like, we're, we're talking and we're like, come on. <laughs> Speed up, give me the information faster. And I think that's their reality. Wow. I mean, I, I speed up if I got a podcast, but some people are really slow. And I'm like, dude, I don't know if you put this in slow-mo or if this yeah. is the regular speed, but I need a little bit faster just because there's not enough time in the day. I mean, I'll listen to three hours. If I can cut it down to two, that's a big... Hey, he's, yeah, he, yeah. Hey, listen, he's just leading up to trying to sell us some nicotine. But it is. Like, all these guys watching this stuff, it's it's wild, man. If you're on a bus or you're in public somewhere and you just, you know, the, the cafeteria or something and you walk oh. around and you just stand behind someone and watch how 
like I'm like, are you reading that webtoon or whatever you're looking at, or you're just getting finger exercise because yeah. there's no. And they had I their can't comprehend buds. that thing so fast. And man. and they had their earbuds in. Like mm. I, I see some of them just keep the earbuds. And it's like a stylish thing to do. Mm. And I'm like, are you like listening? Are you also listening to my lecture? <laughs> or are you just like not even listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keeping your head up. Just noise canceling. And, and, and there's like a setting because I don't, I don't use those earbuds. But like noise there's a setting where you can like listen to something but also listen outside. Of like you can listen yeah. to what's going on in the environment plus like yeah. put it on different the degrees of noise blocking and yeah noise like, cancellation yeah so I don't know like I'm, I like I have to like tell them to take their earbuds out of their ears and like don't you just say I'm I'm do your flex I'm Mister Wellness get those damn things out of your ears and yeah. put your phone away yeah but they, uh, they might view that as like you're an old hadaboji let me do my exactly. let me yeah, do my yeah. thing man. <laughs> last night very shamefully I'll admit that I spent. Like from eight thirty till nine thirty, I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna read all these articles. Get ready for you." And eight thirty, nine thirty, man, I just I, I realize now that YouTube Shorts is fucking TikTok. Oh yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I realized that last yeah. night, and I was just like, "I'm gonna stop at eight forty. Then it was nine twenty. I was like, "All right, just nine thirty. And then I stopped. It, but here's the here's the thing about you said about taking in information or whatnot. I can't tell you one video that i watched from that hour <laughs> i have no yeah. idea what i saw it was entertaining my yeah. brain was off for a while but i have no idea and i don't know if that's um it's the new cocaine man but, but you don't have to go buy it you don't have to go buy it just and it gets wow. better and better because every time you click and every time they got more information the algorithm like, makes yeah, it crazier and crazier for you <laughs> yeah i'm just yeah. titties and people falling down now <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, but I, and, and I, <laughs> when we started the TKL one, like our first time on TikTok, we're like, we need social media, but we don't, we both don't really care about it, but you kind of have to. So you do it. It was girls in Lululemons doing squats for like six months. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I don't know. You know, we're, it, the day we talked about nicotine, the next thing it was nicotine on, on my phone. Oh, or, sure, no. sure. So I don't know where I got our, our Instagram one from, but it was just girls on squat racks. I'd blame doing him. slow motion squats I'd, for six months. I'd log in and look at it. And I'm like, dude, stop looking at this shit. He's like, I'm not. And then it would, <laughs> after six months, it would be like, you know, girls in Lululemon squatting, you know, chick running in slow motion on the beach. Mm -hmm. And then like a toothless uh, hockey, hockey player. player. <laughs> and finally, it got the real out. Like, I was like, this is bullshit. If I watch anything, it's hockey stuff. Yeah. And now it's like hockey, business, entrepreneur, you know, life hacks, whatever. And I haven't seen a squat rack since, but man, that's all they blasted on there. And I thought, like, if you're 17, 18, 19, 20, like, you used to have to find a way to, to steal the porns out of the BFI bins because at the end of the month, they just clip off the yeah, QR yeah. code and send them back and say, we didn't sell these. Hold on. So Hold on. You what are you talking about? What's a BFI bin? A dumpster. What? Dumpster bin. Oh, okay. The big blue yeah, yeah. garbage cans. You Waste dumpster dope for, for titty magazines? That that was a free way to get them. Really? In middle school? Sure. That was a... Uh -huh. If you wanted... You knew like... Whatever. The second, had, second day of the next month or whatever was the day they sent in there. Because you worked at the store. Yeah. I worked at the store. My older brother worked at the store. So you knew how it worked. Okay. Uh -huh. You got to bring all the magazines back that we didn't sell. And they clip the QR codes. <laughs> then they just go dump them all in the thing. Uh, and guys knew. That's where you went. Jeffy. Got, Jeffy's still wondering where those magazines came from last year at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, but I mean it was yeah. hard and required problem solving and, and like creativity, creativity and skills. He's, but now, he's got to stick with a piece of gum. But now it like <laughs> comes to you even if you don't want it, and you're like, shit, someone got my algorithm. I'm 16 to 20. Oh my god, 
Yeah. And, and I don't know how you could get out of the cycle. It sure wires your brain differently. Like yeah. every All of these algorithms is wiring their brains totally differently. So hold on a sec. The, the point I wanted to make, like, I, I watch it for an hour like a zombie and retain nothing. Yeah. Whereas I can watch uh, a TV show and really, like, embrace it. Like, oh, that was a nice story. And I, I can see the arc and, the, and I know the characters and whatnot. But is the young generation watching that and... and and storing all that shit in their brain can they recall i wonder if they can recall a lot of the stuff that they've seen unlike unlike us who didn't grow up i don't know it's who it's, didn't grow up or is it just a mindless like kind of just numbing numbing it's the definitely numbing but i think their brains are wired differently where they can just they can retain and and understand so is there any studies more. on that i haven't read any i haven't really looked into it yet um because i mean but I would say one thing that I think is the case is Gen Z's mental health is not good. Like they're they're so smart, they know everything, but sure. they're fragile. Because like I don't know about you guys, but I grew up riding my bicycle, going to the park, beating up kids in the park, getting beat up by kids in the park. Sure. And these kids, they grew up on their mm. on their computers, on their on their phones. So I don't think they've had that like you know, uh, I think you should run on the campaign of bring bullying back. Bring eh? bullying <laughs> P three. <laughs> yeah, but I think like because like, I have a one class is a, a introduction to wellness class, and I'm just teaching them like basic things <laughs> about like how to how to like you know reduce your anxiety thing, and like they're getting they're like they're getting anxiety. <laughs> no, no, they're, they're they're like wow, like like. You know, I feel so many of them having so much like stress and it's probably from the social media. It's probably from TikTok. It's probably from all that. But like they – The inevitable comparison to everyone else and what everyone else is posting, the best parts of their lives. Yeah. yeah, It's got to make you feel like shit. They have have all kinds of mental health issues I think. A lot of these young people because of the – because of the social media, because of the COVID, because of all the things that happened in the last couple of years that we didn't grow – like we're – I was already a full-grown – like – you know, 9-11 happened, let's say. I was 21 at the time. So, mm. like, I was already, like, fully developed. So, mm. even though that happened, but if you're, like, 10 years old when 9-11 happens, if you're 5 years old when 9-11 happens, your mother's going to be neurotic as yeah. hell. <laughs> and then you're going to be neurotic as a result. So, imagine COVID-19 and, like, sure, it, it's, like, 10 times worse than that. Yeah, and yeah. then all the other things happening in the world and then the social media makes them more and more. So, I think it's, like, a generation that is like super smart they know everything but mentally they're they're really weak mm. they're really fragile put some context around knowing everything in uh, knowing I mean, information wouldn't have any idea how to do an oil change but they could find it on youtube in a second exactly um and, and i find they they lack a lot of like common sense common sense stuff and i mean even like like this being able to back to the the money thing and you know, the flexing or whatever. If you look at rich people in poor cultures, they're not living like that. Mm. They're, they're not living, you know, the, the flex and spend. They're, they're saving, they're investing, they're looking to the future, they're creating passive income. The rich people in those countries are not doing that. And it's just the evolution of society away from hunter-gatherers, survivors, and into, you know, industrialization. And, and But they're still young too, right? We can't judge them. When I was 
You know, I mean, I'm still not that smart, but when I was 21, I was a lot dumber than I am now. Same here. <laughs> not, uh, you know, but maybe same, give but, them give but, them 10 or 15 years and watch them fully, fully bloom. Knowing everything, but, but knowing nothing. I mean, not knowing that holding your phone for six hours a day is killing you. Like, uh, like to push back. I mean, we we they might know more about like alcohol consumption. And not drinking six bottles of soju a night is fair enough. Yeah, lots yeah, still, lots know. still are. Who <laughs> uh, days back, man? Go 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 <laughs> yeah. over there. It's it's back. Corona killed all that stuff. Well, I'm definitely there's a population of students like that are not into that, and especially the Japanese culture. Also, you know. Get away from the meat. Get away from the girlfriends and boyfriends, and just live yeah, this this yeah, solo right. life where nobody bugs me, and I just you know I got my mannequin or whatever companion. Or <laughs> yeah. but China China's the same. China just released those. They're trying to put what three million robots companions for elderly. Oh yeah, yeah. because the elderly, like the number one cause of death for the elderly now is loneliness. loneliness. Yeah. And now they're putting these robots out there because. They have this huge population. Robot probably. or like real, real dolls? Like robot companions, like like a friend, like a freaking person. Does it look like a robot? Does it look like a hot, like a robotic check? person? Yeah. No, not okay. a sex doll or something. That's Japan. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. and and Korean but, soccer. But so at okay. the same time, you know, they know everything. But but to me, sometimes they know nothing. I mean, they they can't. On, and it's not their fault that they can't figure it out. They've been tricked and duped into watching these. Phones all day, every day. They, they've grown up with it, and they're born with it in their hand. They don't know anything different. Yeah. It's an attachment to their body. But they know how to find. Maybe they maybe they can navigate and find shit better than. But the highest suicide rates we've seen uh, for youth. I mean, yeah, these aren't the same guys that know everything. In, in a lot of ways, they they don't know how to basically help themselves. The right, diet, right. the diet is atrocious because there's no struggle maybe in their life. They're, the diet is atrocious. Lamion. All day, every day, hot dogs, and now it's, you know, learn from the West. We screwed up, man. Learn from it. Yeah, yeah. Home Plus has six aisles of freezer food now. When we got here, there was zero. There was none. It was banchan every day. So they know everything, but at the same time, I mean, it's it's relative. It's it's perspective. They know everything about this stuff, but they know nothing about the rest. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing where they, they know things like, well, we grew up like that we should do this we were just tricked by this the institution saying oh eat this diet and then mm. yeah the west bought the bought this shit to, <laughs> to korea and all over the world now and uh um, but there's pushback i like that yeah japan just banned frosted flakes corn flakes right? and everything else oh, yeah that's great they have four chemicals that are banned in like 20 european countries and uh I'm that's just an wait- interesting uh... i'm just waiting for korea to do the same because america you can do it's it's just Capitalism at, it, capitalism at its worst. It I mean, really it's, is. It's, yeah. it's awful. Is corn furosta still going to be okay? Well, I, that, that's what I'm curious. <laughs> like if Japan does it, and yeah. you see it in the news, and it was all over the news two months ago, corn floss, cocoa puffs, corn flakes, and something else, they have these three or four <laughs> chemicals that are major cancer causers. Hey, don't touch and, my Count Chocula. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm glad to see there's some pushback. A lot of things, media narrative and stuff, like I was watching one the other day that said, you know, Put on Al Jazeera for for an hour, and then watch CNN, and, and t- then tell me what you think. Yeah, you, you know it's it's so so biased, but you don't know it's the culture. You, you have to go out and find it and dig for it. Um, yeah. And I think this this diet thing is kind of the same. I mean, if who's looking out for you, the government? Well, the Frosted Flakes, Freddie. There, he made a deal with the president to get him into the country because you know everybody's getting a handout. 
Um, That's it, yeah. And they don't actually care about you. You got to take care of yourself. You're in wellness, dude. I know. What are you telling me? Yoga is going to be done with with screens and TikTok soon, or what? Do your good morning pose and you're watching TikTok videos at the same time? Like what? It can't well, be. Well, the thing is like if somebody is into yoga, they can go deep into yoga. Same with like the jujitsu world. It's like when I was training jujitsu, like we would get a, lucky to find like a video or someone would buy like one yeah. of those like instructional videos. Now you could spend years watching all the all the uh, jujitsu tutorials online. So if you really want to get good at jujitsu, you can learn it from from the internet. And it's the same with everything. So they have that they have access to the world on their fingertips. But in terms of like, you know, meditating, yoga, these things that are traditionally disconnected from all this crap. Yeah. Is this Gen Z generation gonna be doing you know, meditation, watching the the monk on their phone in their lap or what? Like It could be, man. You're, it might be. It yeah. might be. You know, it, it's tough to say. And um, for them, for them, that might, it, it might feel the same for us as watching the real, the real guy. Yeah. Right. So right. what is the direction? You said like you got kids on their phones, earbuds, this, that. Day one, you're, just you're there, slapping you're there promoting <laughs> and, and supposed to be uh, leading uh, this kind of wellness movement. I've yeah. done a few of the surveys and stuff you send out. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes I wonder, like, who does this apply to? This is like midlifers. This is not for it is, yeah. these guys coming up. This this has zero. There's you're. It's completely missing the boat on these young guys who I think some of them need more uh, wellness training than anybody. I mean, of course, but it's not easy. I mean, they're young, so they're they don't have the the finances necessarily yeah, to go right. to like a wellness resort and do. Yep. Do a yoga yoga teacher training um, class. But so is your stuff based on like when you have, like you said, is it like lower stress, lower anxiety, lower this, lower that? But they got that phone that keeps <laughs> fighting you. It's fighting it's, you in class at the same time. And I'm, you know, I'm fighting like what I'm teaching is like <laughs> you, you got the smartest people in the world in Silicon Valley designing these algorithms. So I'm going against these <laughs> algorithms that are designed by yeah. the smartest people in the world. So it's a tough one. It's going to be a big issue. And those who are able to, you know, leave their phone at home and, and do something out in nature, more power to you, you know, and in this competitive world that they're living in, those who can do that, that's that's going to be a good thing. So it's just a matter of those who can wake up. There, are, there might be when everyone's swing. trying to put you to sleep. Yeah, there might be a swing back too. Like people, it might just be like a simultaneous, like, "Whoa, what the hell are we doing?" I can't believe this it hasn't crazy. happened already. This is what I'm waiting for. To Gen Z is saying, "Hey, you know, American Food and, and Drug Association or whatever is the food industry. See you later. We're not taking yeah. this shit anymore. We're not going vegan, but we're going to not ultra processed. I think they said like eighty percent of the average American diets is ultra processed uh. foods." <laughs> oh my god i was like what did you call fried chicken last whoa. time the last time you were here you called fried chicken glucose like the, injection gl- or something no glucose oh. de- the okay. starbucks i think i was no star- no you know something about chicken, chicken delivery corn syrup corn, oh, corn syrup, syrup. IV. it's like yeah it's like it's a it's a it's a uh delivery for corn syrup Curse of, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah a, it's yeah. a delivery it's like delivery system for corn syrup it's yeah, not yeah. chicken yeah um yeah I, I mean like but then again when we were when i was 20 like we didn't even know about that. Mm. We're just like, oh, you know, go 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 to go to Starbucks, get a get a coffee. Like I had no concept of like glucose and all that, all that crap and all the processed food. We're now that the knowledge standard. is aware. Yeah. Yeah. We're aware of the knowledge. So I think those who want it is there. Uh, those who those who have the uh, it, the knowledge is out there. 
everyone knows it's the case. It's true. Um, obviously, it's the the knowledge the the body of knowledge is polluted. I mean, it's like you know what is true. You, you, you use Google, and Google gets none paid it, for by big food companies. None so of it's true. Yeah. See, nobody really knows, but eat some shit that grew out of the ground. Ideally, <laughs> it's, back, it's back to basics. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I try to be a role Xi model. Xi Jinping is right. We should go back to the old, the old style. I man, it, oh, I, I'll talk about it after. I'll make a note. I was, if I say it, I, I'm mean, I had a you know consulting meeting yesterday with students, and instead of like sitting in the office, we walk around the, the track, and we're just walking around the track, and I'm talking to students, and they're asking me all this fitness advice, and I'm yeah. like telling them, you know, if you do this, you do this, you can get these. Uh, these uh, bands for like 3,000 won at the Daiso and they're, they're the best for hypertrophy. Hydro, I can't even say that word right. Hypertrophy? Hydro, yeah. Hypertrophy. Hypertrophy. Yeah. And, and like they're like just open-minded to my advice and it's a good thing. And, and I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, I try to like be a representative of wellness, fitness. and You got to walk the knowledge. walk too, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. And and uh, that's all That's all us, we can do as professors is just like, you know, speak the truth that we know it. Mm. That, that is, you know, we, we, we As you take a drag choice. from a cigarette, like, <laughs> well, let me tell you. <sighs> you know, you're not but the- that's it. Like all I could do is, is share the knowledge from being twice their age now and being like listen buddy like trust me I've made this mistake I've made that mistake yeah. and those who are uh, smart will listen right and that's it that's, that's all you can do because the society you know the society as you said is, is uh, very strongly pushing I haven't I haven't asked you but well I've noticed a huge difference from when we were in public school mm. I, I mean teaching in public school here yeah you ate at the cafeteria every day yeah. Was normal, like pretty healthy lunch compared to what yeah, yeah, sure, people sure. would eat. I mean, even when I went, it was like microwave, whatever. It was sandwiches for a long time. And then M&M meats came with frozen foods. And then it was oh, microwave oh, burrito, man. microwave pizzas. That's what they're serving now. No, no. That's what, I mean, growing up for me, it oh, was it was oh, sandwiches, yeah. sandwich, granola bar, juice oh, box. Yes. Oh, dude. And then, and then it went to like microwavable pizzas or burritos or meat pies. But from when we were teaching in public school, where it was like soup, rice, a meat, Side dish, side dish. Ooh, yeah. like veggie, veggie. I ask my students every day, "Would you have at lunch?" Dude, chocolate cake, chicken. Uh, well, I want to ask about your kids. Like my kids will come home with like a four pack of cotton candy, and I'm like, "You're not. Where did you buy that?" No, this was our dessert for lunch. And I was like, "Whoa!" And you only had two of them. Like it's it's enough to bring home. Uh, no, I got my friends because they didn't want it, and I was like, "What?" what? And then it's like cake once a month for a birthday, and cake for a special occasion. And then it's ice cream one day, and then, but it turns out it's like three or four days a week. Mm, there there's ice cream, cake, jellies, cotton candies. I'm like, this doesn't have a place in the school lunch, man. No. This is a place where the government can take control and promote healthy eating habits for young people, and instead they're pumping them full of shit. Yeah, that yeah. you know you'd have to go out of your way to to get money to buy at the store or whatever. See you now. They're eat eggs. Everything else is crap in there. Yeah. Now they're now they're yeah. just giving it to them in school. Oh, today was great. We had cake and and I'm like, huh? Yeah. So I wanted to I want to take a bigger yeah, role in the, the parent the council. With and that is too is like with the international students, they don't have that much money. So no. when they go to the CU, the the ramen is the cheapest thing yeah. that they can buy. Yeah. So 100%. it's like. They know what to eat that's healthy, but they mm. they don't want to spend manwan on on a, on a meal. They rather so, spend 
But I know working the midnight shift, eating shit food. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a sustainable. Well, the, the I think the solution is the nicotine that kills uh, <laughs> that that kills the appetite, right? Yeah. <laughs> he guy, mentioned he mentioned it. I said, do you know Dave Asprey? Most. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's he keeps telling I, me he doesn't. I want to send him a picture, but I'm sure he knows who he is. I'm sure he's listened to him lots. He just doesn't know his name. Uh-huh. But I said, I I just listened when he said you and nicotine. Dude, I just listened to like. Three three recent parts of podcasts or his book or whatever that was about microdosing nicotine and you know yeah yeah it's like coffee you can be addicted you got to take it this this you can't do it every day whatever anyway tell us about it yeah I mean uh, he's a, he's a very uh, interesting guy he's got a lot of uh, what do you cool think biohacks I, I like his work I mean he he could be a little bit um, a little bit of a charlatan let's say with some of the things that he is promoting. But it's better than what the U.S. government's promoting. Sure. Like when I compare like the propaganda coming from the U.S. government versus the propaganda coming from Asprey, I, I think that Asprey's way healthier. His goal is to live to 180. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's you know, and not a not a shit life, a, a good life. That's yeah. not the that's like not he that says. Weird being, being skinny and eating kale every day is not not how I'm going to get to 180. I want to enjoy my. Oh, life. You're not talking about that redhead guy that eats 700 vitamins and looks like his 18 yeah. year old kid. No, that's no, a different no, guy. But but this guy also has a tub of vitamins every morning. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, I think anything that goes against like what the mainstream that has some sort of momentum behind it is a good thing because it gets people thinking. Mm. And I've, I've, I've definitely uh, followed some of his books. I've read some of his books. I've, I've definitely wa- uh, listened to his podcast. And I like that videos. these guys are volunteering to be guinea pigs. Yeah, that's that's it. I mean, in in thirty years, we might all be following him. He's going to be whatever eighty years old and fit as a fiddle. Holy shit! How old is he now? He's like fifties. Probably. He's not the heart doctor, is he? No, no. He's just like a. He used to be obese. He used to be two hundred pounds overweight, Uh, and and now he's yeah. He he's uh he's you know he's a very uh, smart guy, and he's married to a doctor. So all the stuff he does is definitely like cross-reference with her and like, last the way he talks you'd think he's the best doctor in the country i mean he, yeah. he, he can defend and explain oh yeah i mean the saying. guy i mean he he's he's interesting and and uh <laughs> i i i think that it's a good thing and um and they're spending their own money on these things to figure them out and they want to improve their lives and if they're testing through this and in a good way Hey, people! And he's will making follow. money. He's probably making millions of dollars on selling his supplements and his coffee and his his yeah. his, uh, his diet ways and his wellness coaching and all that. Mm. And to me, it's a good thing because he is giving a different perspective. And in my opinion, I I would say I agree with most of the things that he is teaching. I just spoke at a at a conference last weekend. It was a wellness uh, or food food re- refurbishing conference, and then my speech was about. Use, uh, utilizing and eating like ancestral food, like foods that like our, our grandma and grandfather ate and eating that. And then, you know, because of eating like that is going to make your body, you're going to live longer. You're going to feel better. You're going to be sure. healthier. Mm-hmm. And so I, and that's a lot of the stuff that he is promoting in his, um, in his podcast and his, his, um, his website. So Stop eating shit out of a box. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Real but food. I like, but I like even that, you know, since the industrialization of food and now these guys, Lieberman and, and all these, and him talking about the jaw size 
and that the yeah. jaw size is what contributes to snoring. And because we eat all these soft foods, like even your meat is cut up and, and soft, you don't eat all the tendons and all the other parts and you don't just take a piece and rip it off. Your jaws have gotten 23% smaller. This has caused smaller passages for Races. breathing and our teeth don't fit anymore and yeah. all this stuff is like, Wow. He's like, hey, you breastfed for two years and you went straight on to steaks and, and whatever. There was no formula or pablum or, or crushed or blended mm. food. And I was That's like, it. yeah. Why didn't anybody tell me that? That's what my kids went through. <laughs> it's like I would have been throwing Gina steaks, man, if I knew they just had to <laughs> fight yeah. it. And I think a lot of the Korean health is the fact that they ate a lot of these. Like, you grow up a lot of young when they're young, they eat a lot of organ meats. They eat a lot of these like yeah. foods that like even fish, like uh, I was in my presentation, I was talking about how like, you know, in the West, we don't eat anything with the animal head, like a fish head, a fish head mm. or something like that. But the fish eyes, eating the fish eye, which doesn't taste bad. It tastes like just somehow, really have a taste. somehow I'm the only one who gets it every time at my mother-in-law's. <laughs> wow, you got it again. Yeah, Lucky. The fish eye has like the most ridiculous nutrition. It's all bioavailable because it's like natural. It's from like yeah. a natural. Are you channeling your inner liver king here? There was a <laughs> well. There's that guy that was stuck at sea for forty days or whatever, yeah. and he was catching fish and he was eating the flesh. And then he's yeah. like, after 20 days, he goes, he had an insatiable desire to eat the organs and especially the eyes. And he goes, yeah. I just, I couldn't eat enough fish eyes well, to satisfy me. Yeah. I read this book, one of my favorite nutrition books, Deep Nutrition. And the lady, she's the nutritionist for the LA Lakers. Yeah. So she basically like changed, you know, she worked with Kobe, the late Kobe yeah. Bryant. And in her book, I, I don't remember the quote, but it was like, the fish eye, if you eat that, it's the, it's like women will pay $200 to have lip injections with the same uh, substance as what's in the fish eye. And then people who have like injuries, like knee injury, they inject that same substance from the fish eye into the knee to make the knee feel better. So these are like free. I mean, you go to a restaurant, eat the fish yeah. eye, and you're going to get like Yeah, your mother not give a couple of those, didn't you? Like chicken wings. Chicken wings used to be free. Yeah, nobody used them. I know, yeah. Chicken wings used to be, you know, a dollar a kilo. Damn. And and then they turned it into this Dude, amazing five, snack, and now it's, you know, 100 bucks a kilo. Five, five cent wings. Yeah. You could oh, you man. could you could have a heart attack for like 6.99. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> but a lot of these a lot of the foods that and then and now as Koreans are westernizing and a lot of they're not eating that part of the the the, the yeah. food. And, and like, it's 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 exponentially going the other way because you're getting all this sugar and all this shit and this like it's not even appealing anymore where before it was kind of like okay you had a sweet thing for dessert shike or something after dinner the rice water cinnamon water. Now it's like, but now it's like, don't even look at this stuff. Meat, okay, and then straight on to the goods. But yeah. I'm trying to go the other way where it's incorporate more of the stuff. And that's where I think Liver King's a little over the top. But yeah. I think a, a lot of the things he does do, like you say, is he worse or the government worse? I would say the government. The government's I mean, way worse. He's he's telling people to eat organs and intestines and, and animal parts. And I, I think it's... Well, well but that's where you got to use your filter. But the government's, the government's stuff is probably way worse. Mm. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. I'm not saying the steroids. I'm saying then him eating alligator sure. and, and intro, like, hey guys, it's okay to eat an alligator. We can eat alligator. You can eat this and the, walking around with the balls all day. <laughs> like, hey, <laughs> yeah. Tell yeah. me, tell me more about the nicotine, man. I actually for, some. I, I have my nicotine lozenges here. 
Okay, okay, okay. And these I got in the states. I couldn't get them. I couldn't get them in Korea. I couldn't order it, or maybe I could have ordered it mm. abroad. But I got it when I was home in New York this this um, this summer, and I like them because I can have it on an empty stomach. Where like the nicotine gum, you need to have something in your stomach that okay, like, okay. makes you nauseous. And then uh, nicotine toothpicks. But I like the toothpicks, mm. but you can't be walking around with a toothpick in your mouth, you know, uh, when I'm when Sylvester I'm Stallone, like, if gotta, you're Razor Ramon. If I'm Razor Ramon, yeah. <laughs> you got to grow one curl out here. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Natal but, um, So I, I like the nicotine. Uh, what I like about nicotine, I think I said it last time mm. when I was on the podcast, it's like it's out of your system in one hour versus like if you had a – let's say it's like 10 p.m. You got to get some work done. If you have a coffee, it fucks up your sleep. Dude, I had a Half second. Half-life is 12 hours? Yeah, I told you. Ca- the ho- coffee's like six hours in your system. So oh. even if you do sleep, you don't get a deep sleep. I had an extra coffee. I said at that f- new class I taught there at the car rental place, I didn't have the heart to tell him in the first class, like, dude, I just pounded a huge coffee. I took, I screwed up my sleep totally. Yeah. Totally wrecked my sleep last night. Oh, yeah. brutal. So the nicotine's out in so an hour. So the nicotine's out of your system in an hour. Yeah. So the beauty of that is you, it doesn't affect your sleep or maybe it affects your sleep and not, not mm. like coffee. And, um, so I like about that and it's cognitively like I, I was reading like Peter Thiel, who's like a billionaire, one of Elon Musk's business partner for PayPal. I think I saw a tweet from, from him or someone, he, he, he was quoted as saying, it raises your IQ by 10 points when you're on it. Like, so when you're, when you're on the nicotine, it raises your IQ and I believe. So are you going to be selling outside the Sunum next week or what? Uh, you know, see, I'm, I'm working out a just, deal with uh, just mom, Moms, this is it. Let's go. <laughs> just 10 cut, points more on the Sunu. Got to pay me some money and I'll be doing that. Yeah. Um, just cutting lines up for kids. But, but um, you know, the idea Complimentary of, straw uh, with every the, purchase. The, the nicotine. And I believe like back in the day, let's say the 70s and 80s, when before they started to ban smoking in, in restaurants and whatnot, I think there was a big connection with their innovation and creativity because, like, let's say it's we're like the doing... coffee boom too, the enlightenment. No, that was yeah, yeah, on coffee. Like, like the world ran on coffee and coffee smokes and for nicotine. how long? Like, I imagine mean, we're like business. Booze, imagine we're like... businessmen. We're trying to solve a problem, and then we smoked a cigarette, and we're we're smoking and, and figuring it out, and we solve the problem. Now, let's say I need to smoke. I'm not allowed to smoke in the building, so I have to go outside. I get out of the flow state. I go outside. I smoked a cigarette. Maybe I get an idea outside, but it, I, it loses the connection with the sure. present moment. So on the way back into the office, checking your TikTok. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you're losing. You know, I think there is some creativity that is lost in the fact that people aren't smoking. Now, I don't smoke because I like to have. I like to have clean lungs. I like to. Why were you, know, you do sprints on the? I beach. forget why you were taking the doctorate. The, oh, the doctorate was giving you stress, right and, in your thesis. and the nicotine gum was calming you down. No, or I it was just, helping you focus. I, I to think write. I might have, I might have, uh, probably like an Asbury podcast or something, and I, I was introduced to it like uh, a podcast about the um, uh, smart drugs. Yeah, and then I, I was like, oh, nicotine, and then I was like, oh, I want to try that, you know. And then I tried the, I tried the gum. You can get it for like ten thousand won, manwan in, in the pharmacy in Korea, and I was like, oh, this is good. And then what I realized when I when I had no money and I was you know writing my dissertation, I would go to Starbucks. I would go to Starbucks at like you know it was eight p.m. and I didn't want to get a five thousand won right, coffee. Right, right, I got the yeah. nicotine gum, and right. I woke up fresh. And then finally, I made a little money, and I was like, I would go to Starbucks at eight p.m. and I have a coffee. And then I would wake up and I'm like, ooh. Didn't sleep. And I'm like, Asbury's right. You know, yeah. he's right about that. Like it's out of your system. So the so, other one, the other one, he said just. The other day was he was on there talking about fried foods and how they're just it's not food. Just don't eat fried foods. Eat ice cream, 
it's a hundred times better trade off. But he said, you go eat fried chicken. He said, the the inflammation in your body stays for like three days. Yeah. yeah. He said, smoke a cigarette. Four hours, the inflammation's gone. Right. From smoking right. a cigarette. Man, people don't put it in perspective like that. Anybody would eat French fries or fried chicken and say smoking's bad. Yeah. But when he puts in the, the effects of them, the, the canola oils, all the shit oils going in, he said smoking a cigarette is – he's not promoting or, or promoting people to, to, to smoke cigarettes. But the, the impact and the effect of one cigarette is way less than eating a bucket of fries or chicken or whatever. And people yeah. don't realize that. But that was his, one of his latest ones. And I went, whoa. Yeah, Inflammation even. for four days. Like if you just took some basic, basic biohacks that these guys are out there now, um, man, I think it can make. I think my sleeping is way better. I think my energy levels are way higher. Just from, I mean, obviously I'm not slim, it's man, shady. but I'm still down a lot from before. But it's uh, it can make a big difference. And the sleep, Matthew Walker, and all the sleep stuff now is also off the charts of how many people don't sleep and. You know, this and these things in your room and, oh, my God, it's crazy. But a couple little things, willpower or just dedication to your yourself, um, man, you can change a lot. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think that the idea of learning how to completely turn off, like getting to like, let's say a 10 is when you're performing at your best and a 1 is like completely relaxed, like where you get a good night's sleep and you're not eating, you know, inflammatory food. The only way you can keep performing at a 10 is you got to be able to get to, to like a one or a two of relaxation. But most people that at the modern society, they're performing at like a six and they're relaxing at like a four. Mm, so yeah. they're kind of grinding and they're in this like sure. nasty cycle where they need to wake up and they need to have more and more caffeine in order to have a normal day. Yeah. Where if you can adjust that, if you can tune into that, curate your reality with what, what substances you put into your body, but also what kind of things you watching on your TikTok or, sure. or uh, YouTube shorts and what kind of things you're watching. You know, you're watching stuff that's negative or you're watching stuff that's positive. Yeah, sure. And all of that contributes to, to uh, your well-being yeah, absolutely. and your uh, positive uh, effect. Yeah. Sage advice. Yeah, yeah. How? How? Oh, yeah, tell me yeah. how much do you have? Like you've got a piece of some? a tablet or something. But I have some. You got those? No, I'm, I'm just I, maybe. I, but I'm just curious. Like, what do you do? You buy tablets and you cut them into fours or what? Yeah, I. I mean, when I, when I have the gum, I have I I I have it in half of it because I don't eat the full gum. And usually, like, I don't really. I never really timed. You know, I have the gum and I'm just like it's like chewing gum. So I don't really think about. I don't really think about like how long I've been chewing the gum, but I do half of gum and then a tablet I break into four. Um, and I usually do that on the empty stomach. How many milligrams in each tablet? I think it's two milligrams for the, for the, let me see. Yeah, over here. Yeah. 24 lozenges. Hmm. Four milligrams. So th this one's four. So I break it into four. So it's like one, it's like one uh, milligram I have. And that's like, maybe that will, I think it lasts about an hour. Cigarettes, six. One cigarette might be six milligrams. Okay. Of, uh, of nicotine. <laughs> I can't remember. And then these toothpicks are. I bought these two. These are oh, like these picotine. These are yeah. nice, but the problem is, it's like you can't walk around. No, no. But I'll break these in half and I'll like chew on the on the toothpick as a. Oh, um, it's incredible. 
Yeah. Oh, that's cool, dude. Are the any way to get are these still mostly used for preventing or to get off smoking? Yeah, I think so. So this is not common yet that people are just taking them. Well, to... like uh, the ones that these are cheaper. These are pretty cheap on Amazon. But there's like another company. I think it's called Lucy, and these are the nicotine lozenges that they offer. They're like they don't have aspartame. They're more pure. Like these have aspartame sweetener, mm. so it's probably not that great in the sense. But uh, the Lucy ones are better. Those are the ones that Asprey recommends. But I wasn't going to be paying like. Right that much money it's like you know i wanted to bring a bunch back to korea so i I got the ones that were on sale quit smoking one to six weeks one lozenge every two hours one to two hours yeah (laughs) wow yeah Yeah. but for me i just do it for cognitive work like i wake up and so when do you when do you when do you use them typically so let's say i wake up it's like a saturday i like to get work done i don't like to be lazy on the weekend so i wake up and i um have a lozenge and I have, and I do a little work. Then after about an hour or two, I have a coffee, mm. and I might have another lozenge, you know, something like that. That's mm. kind of like, but not when I say lozenges, I have like a, a one milligram, maybe two milligrams of lozenge in yeah. the morning before the coffee, and then maybe after coffee, have another. And I get three hours. I get, I get some, I get work some done. work done. It's a really good flow state. Yeah. Nice. I feel great, you know, when I do it like that. Awesome. And if I'm teaching a class, I might, I might use the lozenge or the gum. And it's the same idea. When I'm teaching, I'm like really flowing. Like, well, I'm gonna get nicotine to sponsor my university and put them outside my classroom for the students because <laughs> they they gotta get in the flow state a little quicker. Yeah, oh, it's it's it seems to. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's side effects like anything, you know. Sure. But uh, to me, it has more positive. Like, yeah, yeah, cigarette it's has a, a side game. effect. Yeah. But I think of like even like cigarette. Like, I'm not a smoker. I don't like to smell. Uh, but Imagine you're like, a, you know, you're you're socially starved, like a lot of people these days. And then what is healthier, being at home on your computer or is it better to like cool, be cool, out smoking a, a cigarette, laughing yeah, with people? Yeah, yeah. Probably laughing with people, smoking a cigarette is healthier yeah. in a sense than being alone and lonely, yeah, sitting yeah. More, at home. More so benefit to... There's more social wellness sure. involved in, in, sure. um, in, uh, in hanging out with people, laughing and... Yeah. same with alcohol like I'm noticing uh, we were talking about this last week like I drink alcohol now and I'm just like my next day is just fucked Shit. up like, <laughs> just but at the same time I go, I'll go out tonight I'll go out on Saturday night I won't drink as much as my friends but I love the conversations I right. love the banter I love yeah. the interesting and like even though I'm drinking and the next day I'm gonna feel a little shitty I'm gonna be a little hungover I had a good experience yeah. i made some new friends but, but like everything else i mean everything in moderation and same now you from asper or someone else you know if you're drinking whiskey waters it's a lot better than drinking this or that or exactly so you, you, whatever if you like whiskey cokes you might have to change to whiskey ginger ale exactly yeah and yeah. you can still go out you can still get you know in the in the zone there but you know you'll be a lot better off the next day so i think so i agree dude we gotta wrap uh we gotta wrap this up I get uh, I get a class, unfortunately, the once uh, once a month class. I hate to kill it, but thanks for coming, buddy. Always yeah, welcome. Thanks for having me. Love, love, love the chats. Time. I'll have to next if you guys want to get a few I have a few recommendations for you. This uh, my friend Mary O'Neill. I talked about her earlier, yeah. man. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you guys about that yeah. after. Yeah, Sounds we'll talk good. about it after lunch here. All right, guys, everyone. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye bye.